Good morning, and welcome to The Morning Fix. I'm Amy Shepard, and I'm here with my co-host, Julie Dye. Today, we're really excited to hear more from Dr. Vinay Singh, who is the founder and CEO of Orange Neurosciences. He's a passionate educator, researcher, public speaker, author, and serial entrepreneur, and mentor and coach to startups. So thank you so much for joining us today, Dr. Singh. Thank you, Julie. I'm excited to be here today. Dr. Singh, tell us about your background and how you ended up at Orange Neurosciences. Well, let's try to do it in a small few sentences. Uh, I've been into different research fields. I'm a trained biotechnologist uh, with PhD in biotechnology and bioinformatics, uh, former academic with research interests into drug discovery. I did my work in the field of cancer and women health, but teaching was also one of the important role that I played as a professor. And while I was teaching, there were several students who would need accommodations in my class. And over the period, I realized a need uh, for something that is more than just accommodation. And that was the genesis of all neurosciences. Well, why don't you tell us more then about the technology and how it works and, you know, who it's for? Okay, so... 2015, I would say, because I, I do remember the timing, because that was a time where I left my active academic career as a faculty at a university, and I became the full-time entrepreneur, let's put it this way. I met with this brilliant individual who was a seasoned uh, professional helping neurodiverse students using different types of technologies, and one of them was a software technology. I met her and learned about what was the new uh, technology, but there was an opportunity or a gap in the space because people were using only one side of the technology. And with my experience in bioinformatics uh, and software development, I met with another of my co-founder now, who was a CL entrepreneur, investor, and a dyslexic himself, who knew the challenges of all the people who were struggling to read and write. Three of us got together and put our brains together to develop one of its kind technology that would provide benefits in reading and writing or improving literacy. But the uniqueness was not, we didn't, we didn't reinvent the wheel. The science behind rewiring the brain, i.e. neuroplasticity, that is our brain changes itself was already there. Scientists were using auditory processing pathway to rewire the brain and to improve neuroplasticity. We added another component, which was the visual processing pathway of our uh, brain. So what was unique in our system? It's a simple software solution that targets different pathways in the brain and effectively increases executive function and working memory. Don't get bogged with those big names. Simply put, we understand how brain processes information from our eyes and our ears, put the sound and the symbol together for help us read and write. And we used machine learning and artificial intelligence based algorithms to make it more effective so that we can expedite the neuroplasticity that is rewiring of the brain and learn to read and write faster. And so what might that look like for a student who is using the technology? Are they on a computer? Is it 
um, a handheld device. Tell us a little bit about what that looks like and, you know, what somebody might experience if they were using the, the software, the technology. Okay. So it is currently provided through uh, providers or professional who could be a psychologist, a psychiatrist, a special education teacher. It can be done at a school setting, at home, or even a clinic. So yes, to use the software, you need a desktop or a laptop computer. It is not for a handheld device. We need a larger screen because we do pay emphasis on the visual processing, which would need eye movement tracking. So you have to look from the left to right and right to left while doing the software-based exercises. Simply put, game-based therapy. You are interacting with a computer, which would need uh, active internet capabilities, a headphone, and a mouse, and series of gamified exercises over a one-year, one-hour period, sorry. Uh, so you have to do anywhere between 15, one five to 30 sessions to complete one module and a pre and post assessment in reading capabilities or working memory or executive function are measured by the professionals. That's interesting. I'm curious if you've gathered any sort of evaluations on the um, effectiveness of the software thus far. We actually did, uh, Amy. Uh, we have recently published a study in the Journal of Special Education as well, where we have shown the effectiveness of our software-based uh, therapy for struggling readers in a school setting. We have done work with kids with ADHD. We have also worked with a psychiatrist out of Bahrain who had a client with autism spectrum and multiple other challenges, uh, including anxiety and depression, who went through the program as well and we show an efficacy as well. That paper is currently being submitted for publication as well. So we do have published research to back our uh, claims. Very cool. Dr. Singh, switching gears a bit, it seems that autism and ADHD diagnoses have skyrocketed since at least we have been in school and has certainly received far more attention in society. Why do you think that is? Uh, I would say it's more because of awareness. Parents are more informed. We have more doctors who are informed to uh, or well position to do the diagnosis or at least make the recommendations to go to the right people and more so a decreased stigma. I think that it always been taboo to talk about these things. Mental health always took a back step when people were discussing these conditions. More and more decrease and people are getting open and needing help for that. I would say that is the case for uh, more diagnosis. But I would also caution about overdiagnosis because we have seen that increased use of medication is not always the good thing. We do have to recognize that these kids who have ADHD, they also have other comorbidities like learning disability or depression or other conditions which sometimes get backseat when a medication simply for ADHD is prescribed and we are not trying to help them with their learning difficulties. So a more balanced and a detailed psychological evaluations are really important to make sure that we are providing along with medications necessary psychological services or psychotherapy. 
And like what we do, uh, a non-pharmacological intervention is also uh, finds a room to help these kids and adults. I think that's a really important point, um, you know, that it is a non, non-medicine-based, non-pharmacological um, option. I, you know, just personally, a lot of parents that I know are hesitant, you know, if their child does have an ADHD diagnosis, I have several in my community where they're a little hesitant to start on the medicine. So, you know, it seems like this could be another, you know, another tool for them, you know. And so on that line, what advice would you have for parents who suspect their child may have something going on like ADHD? I would say it's absolutely must to get a full screening diagnosis uh, get done. Uh, there are there are different tools. You can reach out to a psychiatrist, a psychologist, and again, in different communities, and in fact, different countries have very different protocols to identify. Uh, We have to let our barriers down in trying to stigmatize and make sure that these children uh, get help very early on. And we have a lot of information and data out there that every passing year, where they are not getting help. And as I said, it could be learning disability, it could be ADHD, it could be comorbidity. It's just, and let's put together a neurodiversity as the something that we are celebrating at this time to make sure that we are helping our children with these invisible disabilities. You know, it's interesting, Dr. Singh, we've interviewed quite a few professionals in different aspects of of medicine and med tech, but never um, in the disability space and uh, one that is targeted towards the development of children and children's education and learning patterns. And and that was one of the reasons that that I was so fascinated to speak with you today. Uh, Julie and I are parents ourselves and certainly have many friends in, in our communities that are parents. And we know a lot of parents and families and children that struggle with learning disabilities. So software that is non-pharmacological, I think is a is a brilliant new side of treatment that I think is really important to to speak about and to to begin to share the message about. So thank you for your contributions and your thoughts. No, thank you. Thank you for reaching out. And as I, I have been discussing and talking to professionals in the space and also to realize that we have been putting these education, especially because it was generally get recognized first time in a classroom setting, right? As a three-year-old, well, that's where the kids start in India, uh, where I'm from. But currently in Ontario, when four or five-year-olds are the first time they are realizing that they are having struggles with their reading and writing, or six or seven, and there's always a late diagnosis. But when they are students are identified in a school setting, we always consider them as an academic problem or giving them needs for the education or the special education. We totally forget that there is anxiety and depression as well, and it's a clinical problem. This divide between healthcare and education, which is if not identified or if not diagnosed in the early stage, these are the things that we are seeing in adults. An undiagnosed learning disability or undiagnosed ADHD is a challenge when somebody is a high profile of functioning adult. These are brilliant engineers out there. They are smart professionals who are constantly struggling to read and write and they are always anxious and not 
completing their task and workplace fatigue. This is very common right now. And with the current scenario of pandemic, the anxieties, the effect of undiagnosed conditions has been more prominent than ever before. So having this conversation and reaching out to me, I feel very uh, privileged to be having this conversation with you. So thank you so much for reaching out. Well, and yeah, and I think you you bring up a good point. I wonder what the pandemic will do to undiagnosed cases, children that are that were have been home over the last two years, and um, cases that have gone unnoticed and um, you know un, untreated. It'll be interesting to see what studies show as as the years progress with respect to these particular students. You know, absolutely. We are reaching out to a lot of schools. We are trying our best to spread the message and hopefully this conversation will uh, ignite another conversation towards the educational needs for neurodiverse students who are undiagnosed. So early signs of uh, struggle, put them into tools that are there to help them provide. And we uh, are what we are doing as an affordable and scalable solution that could be even used remotely. So well, we are doing our piece and with your communication and spreading the word, hopefully it will reach to many more people. Wonderful. Well, switching gears one more time, we also know that you are um, a founder of another company in the women's health space called Singh Pharmaceuticals. What is that company's mission? <laughs> so as I was telling you in the beginning, I'm a researcher who was into drug discovery in women health. Uh, and you touched upon sale entrepreneurship. I would say it's a bug of trying to create an impact. Anything, as a researcher, as a professor who had published extensively, one of the things that I always wanted was to see that my research takes it and makes it into a product and reaches to other people. Endometriosis is a condition which happens in one in 10 women. It's a common condition, but still, again, a taboo subject that nobody talks about. Endometriosis is, uh, general symptoms are severe menstrual pain and half of these women will have infertility. Currently, there is no easy way to diagnose endometriosis. Uh, laparoscopic based methods, which again are painful and expensive, uh, are the only methods. Singh Pharmaceutical has a patented technology to diagnose non-invasively endometriosis. So we are trying to develop a simple test uh, that can be done at home or in a clinic uh, used to diagnose endometriosis. And we also have a technology to create a non-hormonal therapy because the current therapy for endometriosis uh, prevents women to get or conceive while they are on medications. And if they have want to get be pregnant, they have to be off medication or go for IVF techniques. So this is a whole new world, which is I'm still deeply passionate about. Uh, and now we are reaching to a really strong point where we are in a position in the next year to bring that non-invasive diagnostic for endometriosis to market. Thank you for touching about it. That's great. Um, Amy and I have talked to other um, CEOs and people who work in women's health. And we know that it's so important to give women more options than 
they've previously had for things like fibroids and endometriosis. And um, so we're just really thrilled to hear and we'll be watching closely and um, rooting for you um, as you continue to take that company forward as well. Thank you so much, Julie. So we have one fun parting question that we ask all of our guests. Because you are here on the Morning Fix podcast, we'd love to know what you do for your Morning Fix. How do you get started each day? Oh, tricky one. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I, I run an international company, which means I stay up really late. My Morning Fix is getting my morning tea by my wife. This is for last 19 years of our marriage. Uh, I start my day spending my first at least 30 minutes with her when she brings the tea and when she is tired i make the tea so if you don't know indian style of making tea is not just boil water and dip a tea bag it's a full process and i call it therapeutic when i have to get up in the morning and make tea for my beloved wife is that a therapeutic fix which i would not exchange for anything else because that's how what, what makes me going Oh, I absolutely love that. That that sounds that that's a lovely way to start your day. Thank you for sharing that, Dr. Singh. Thank you, Amy. Well, I it has been a pleasure speaking with you, um, the multi-talented Dr. Singh, and um we're so thrilled that you joined us and we can't wait to air this episode. I'm sure our listeners would love to hear about um uh, about what you've been up to and the very helpful technologies that you are putting out there. So thank you again. And thank you to everybody uh, for listening to our podcast. Thank you again.